0: Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Welcome back to the pod.
1: Thank you. Somehow today. that <laughs> sounded like it should have been a dun-dun-dun. Well, I feel scared. I need an adult. That was we a very need, dark tone, Alexis. You
0: need, you, just, you need a dramatic entrance when we start talking Not about mulch. Nailed it. Um, nailed it. It's my personal opinion. Uh,
1: oh, but mulch. Ha- yeah, oh, that's yeah. the topic. Yeah, that's a very Welcome dark kind of dramatic to topic.
0: Welcome to the pod. How's everybody doing today? How you feeling? How's it going? Good.
2: Good. 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 Good good good
0: good
1: you know it seems like here in Kentucky and this is just completely random speaking of mulch but not really um that it was one of the coolest Junes here in Kentucky in like the last I don't know recorded near history like 50 to 60 mm. I forget the time range but in several years and that 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 really kind of job with me because I was just talking to my wife I said you know there's not been any 100 degree days in June when yeah. you know July now and um yeah, it's just kind of mid-80s, and we haven't had a lot of, a lot of those spikes in total. So, yeah, have you, have you guys been feeling the weather?
0: Uh, According to my temperature blanket, we had oh, a 91 oh. and a 92 degree day in June, but...
1: But mm-hmm. not consistently. Mm-hmm. Not consistently,
0: uh, you're right. I'm but, yeah,
1: we, we, I was kind of surprised that on record, I guess, in total, that uh, we had such a cool June. I really didn't, I thought it kind of felt average, but guess i wasn't thinking enough about it people
2: back in in 2020 uh when you know in in june of 2020 stuff was going crazy in so many different ways including Mm -hmm. the the virus and the the protests and and everything else and the the weather uh at like in kentucky was like so nice it was like perfect (laughs) weather for this week of time and everything felt so chaotic but like the space that i was in was like extremely peaceful and like cool and nice and i legitimately thought that maybe i had died <laughs> <laughs> and like, nice. have you ever watched the tv kind
1: of... series lost where they're yeah. on an exactly. island but exactly. they're really they died and gone families. to central kentucky i was in this <laughs>
2: interstitial like space where my you know neuro, or my neurons were firing and saying that everything was crazy but also this tremendous amount of peace and no, it just was a kind of a cool spell. So, the month long yeah. version of it, similar kind of thing, but this time around it felt a little less, a little less hectic.
1: Every now and again, I get that I get those that that feeling when it's just the perfect temperature. Or maybe there's a breeze blowing. You have sort of this little, you know, we hear about people being in the moment. Well, every now and again, usually for briefer periods uh, periods of time, but I kind of get in the moment. I don't never know when it's going to happen, and it's mm. usually you know one of those weather days, and it's kind of peaceful, but. Yeah, so you had an extended time of kind of that. Today
2: is the presence. That's why they call it a gift. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I I was going to say, if it's really hot
3: out and you're feeling that, like, suddenly everything feels perfect and good, that's heat stroke. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's delusional. (laughs) That's your brain cooking. It (laughs) starts oozing out your (laughs) ears. Right. So if you're feeling that way in August like no.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've been June. cutting tobacco or out in the field too long. You're, you need to you need to go in. You've been too too long in the sun. Wow.
2: June June may have been cool, but here here in July, I've been I've been leaking a lot of water.
3: Indeed. Yeah. Oh gosh,
1: July's yeah. warmed up. And, and in uh, our southwest, 114 degrees the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. I cannot even register that on my Personal body temperature scale. What I would be doing at 114. Is degrees.
0: it a? Uh, is it 114 dry? Like dry. Some of
3: it. There's. There's humidity. been some like wet bulb events in like kind of East Texas and yeah, that's uh, it. Louisiana and stuff where it's like very high humidity, very high heat. Like these kind of yes. like a heat dome kind of form yes. for a bit there. Mm. Uh, uh, so incredible. not good. <laughs> side,
1: no, not good.
0: Side. Bar really quick, so I don't remember what group of people I was in lately, but I said something like, uh, "Oh, oh, I was at the farmers market uh, with the extension table." And some people from Texas were here and they were like, Oh, yeah. you all think that you know about heat? You know how everybody nah. comes from
3: NBA, <laughs> just like or that, colder. they had a big 10 gallon hat, like six shooters pulls up in a Cadillac with <laughs> a longhorn <laughs> <right, laughs> long
0: on the front. I'm sorry if you're this episode, you're probably great. Um, I'm just it happens, we all do it, right? If you're from, you know, New Hampshire, you're going to say how much colder your winters are, whatever. Sorry that mm. Kentucky is just average at everything. Um, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> or extreme uh, at
3: everything. <laughs> that's yeah. true, we
0: are. Uh, but I said something like, oh, yeah, well, in Texas, you all will, uh, it's that It's that good dry heat, and, like, frying in a frying pan. In Kentucky, we, we boil in the water. And they thought that was the weirdest thing I to have ever <laughs> and I was like, Well, it's crazy.
3: always... Yeah, it's always important when you're talking to Texas people. Are they East Texas or are they
1: West Texas? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ask.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's something Kentuckians say. That's where I picked mm-hmm. it up from. But anybody just don't get Dallas Kentucky and Fort
1: Worth mixed weird. up with each other. You'll be fine. I was
0: like, yeah, we're like frogs here. We just slowly boil to death. Yeah, Right. <laughs> <laughs> just over time. Like a Fuji song. June, it's killing me by August, today. we're dead. Like <laughs> but
2: well, anyways, nevertheless, I... Have not, <laughs> as I as I have been leaking water, and I've looked around and I've been on walks or, or gone around, or even in our around our place, I've also noticed that the areas of the ground where no there's no grass, there's no nothing. They they've been leaking some water too, crusty <laughs> and they're dry and they're yes. Contrast that the other day. So I have a little uh, as I don't, as those who know me uh, know that I'm a I'm a meter guy. Ray and I both have light meters. I think. Uh, yep. I also have a soil mo- moisture meter that takes instantaneous readings mm. and it's helpful because down below the surface of an area that I have covered in some organic material chipped into uh, small pieces that was once a tree there, the moisture content down there was actually still quite adequate for plant growth. Mm. Mm. And so I think that, uh, I wanted to talk to you all a little bit about the importance this time of year, you know, we don't maybe do a lot of mulching this time of year, but that mulch on the surface, Plays, plays a number of different roles, none, not least of which is the retention of that water down there. Now, I have not taken to mulching my fore, my bald forehead to keep the moisture <laughs> mm-hmm. in. I like to prefer to let it go off, you know, yeah, breathe. as much as it can in this humidity. Would a toboggan
1: be mulch for your head like in the winter? <laughs> well, then just, we're going to cover that, right?
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I want to I know the scope Organa of it. Only if you're organic growing organic plants here. on Yo, your ooh, head. <laughs> not all yeah. mulches. Yeah, not all mulches. <laughs> Uh, wear capes no not all mulches are organic material. some of them are, are some other things as well but what you know do you all have a particular uh, gra- uh moment of gratitude for mulch that you'd like to share
0: moment of i have a moment of uh ferocity to share um <gasps> pretty standard in the world of Alexis. I'm going to <laughs> right, <was> okay. say <laughs> what else is new? You know, know gratitude over. reminds me of ferociousness. <laughs> yeah. It
1: reminds me of red hot anger. Um, speaking
2: of gratitude, can you imagine I'm living with me. Uh,
0: <laughs> speaking of it, anger. <laughs> um uh we're going to we're going to talk about this later, but I just had to point out that you know how bad it looks when uh your landscape company makes puts all your trees when we redid our landscape i had it all um done and most of the plants like 99 percent of the plants on this property all now natives and a lot of trees got put in we already had a a decent amount of trees but we put in a lot a lot of trees and Mm. uh, i'm really proud of that uh, here at the boyle county extension office but what i'm not proud of is the fact that they have all been volcano mulched uh and i feel like it is a direct like uh arrow to the heart um of mine and,
1: uh, <laughs> you want to define that for us alexis and, and uh, <laughs> uh volcano mulch what are we talking yeah, about yeah volcano
0: here? mulch is when you are mulch up i'm like making hand gestures as if you all uh listening <laughs> this. uh it, it is when you mulch up the stem uh, of of the plant mm-hmm. uh, of the tree right. of the shrub like a really you are covering short traffic
2: cone or a volcano. really short
0: traffic. yeah
3: when well, even you're piling mulch against the trunk mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and that is not good, uh, and we're going to talk about that after we talk about more about mulch in general. Uh, but we prefer don't what we call donut mulching, which means that you are making a little hole, pulling it back away from the trunk of the tree, uh, and then you have your donut, the the meaty de- substance of the donut, a few inches away. You had me at donut. Of the plant. Mm-hmm. I have a, just had two donuts um, in
2: between. Do, in between recording sessions, do I was like, not do not volcano mulch. Donut mulch. Mm. Yeah,
3: I'll remember that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: going to have a boom locked in (laughs) on that. Does anybody have a definite? What are we talking? I've already gathered from you folks from the the broad discussion we've already had on mulch that mulch is a lot of different things. What's your all's definition of mulch before we dive into this? Because it's pretty interesting. You guys have mentioned a lot of different things so far.
3: Oh, yeah, I've got um, a, a garden mulch is any material, organic, mm. inorganic, mineral, mm-hmm. whatever.
2: Animal, vegetable, mm-hmm. miracle.
3: Mm-hmm. Oil. Whatever. No, probably whatever. not. But Well, well uh, plastic, hey. Plastic
2: um, and tires have yeah, yeah.
3: there. So yeah. anyway, a garden mulch is any material, literally anything you could imagine, <laughs> uh, that's spread on the soil surface to modify the environment where the plant mm. is growing.
2: some work better than others
3: indeed indeed so
0: so you'll hear the term uh, plastic mulch used a lot and so that Mm -hmm. can be a couple different uh types of plastic mulches can be something like uh, we also call it landscape fabric and i'm not talking about the um you know, felt like material yeah. that you find no, at Lowe's or I'm sorry, I'm picking on Lowe's, Lowe's Home Depot, name a box store. you box find store. it there. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it's more like a, a felt type material. Technically, I guess that is a mulch, but we do not recommend that in the industry uh, because it breaks down so quickly into not good things. Uh, what I'm referring to is more like a plastic woven, kind of like a tarp is the way I think yes. about it. And so that's something that you uh, usually are like burning holes into because you're burning that plastic um, versus cutting it. It unravels exactly like a tarp would. And so you'll hear that, but you'll also see in a lot of large-scale uh, production plastic mulches um, that are uh, laid down over usually raised beds uh, created mm. by a implement, a tractor typically of some sort, uh, sometimes by hand and those sides are covered with soil and then it's a it's a thin plastic that is holes are punched into it either by hand or again by an implement and plants are dropped down into that plastic. And so you'll hear plastic mulch often used um, for production. There's also uh, like bi- what's called like bioplastics. And so mm. it looks like a plastic, but it's made from it's made from a variety of different I think it's stuff. like, like s- cellulose a lot. But yeah, yeah, it's like mm. a cellulose, um, but it can be black, I think, or white. Uh, and it actually breaks down in one season and can be tilled into the ground. So I think a lot of growers are moving to that. Um, depending on where they are in the United States, it, it will last a season. And if you're hot and humid... Uh, in, in a wet area, then it doesn't necessarily always last as much long as you need because that cellulose breaks down. But mm-hmm. then also there's living mulches, which I think can be a little bit confusing to think about. Um, and I, are sort of weird to think of as a mulch. And so that can be something like... Um, I always think of teff. Is anybody familiar with teff? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, so th- like,
2: I can throw down on some injera.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, who... Brett, you have some experience, well, and Josh have experience with living mulch. I really don't have a ton of experience with living mulch, um, so I will hand that over it, to it,
2: you. It kind of it kind of falls into, like, it crosses the, the border between mm-hmm. mulch and intercropping and interplanting, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, it's kind of, a, we like to have neat and, neat and tidy terms, but the general idea is that you're planting some sort of living plant alongside your cash crop, whether that mm-hmm. be in like border or I mean whether that be in like the walking paths or, or spaces between could also be in some cases like right up to the plant uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some concerns about you know, new, stealing nutrients from the cash crop but the general idea is that instead of having to either cultivate that and get rid of weeds the the living mulch can out compete it but it also provides a nice root structure to hold that soil together so the compaction yeah. and muddiness and everything else is, I, I can say I'm not exactly sure on the, the yield maximization of that, but I will say mm-hmm. that uh, harvesting stuff out of an area with living mulch after it's rained is a considerably more enjoyable experience mm-hmm. than doing mm-hmm. it in a mud hole. Totally. Uh, yeah. You yeah. Get, my you
0: get your wagons in there and stuff. So it's like, it's more than just that. It's like it's easier. Right.
2: Tef that you were mentioning is like a tropical grass grown. Um, it, so it is it, grown across parts of Africa and Asia for its grain, which is a staple crop of uh, Ethiopia, for instance, and so they make a bread, a fermented bread out of it called injera that I will throw down on and tang, it's like tangy (laughs) and spongy and you serve it and you use it to pick up the, anyway. Um, But we don't, we wouldn't want it to go to seed in a living mulch scenario. Mm. It's a very fine, uh, fine bladed grass that's uh, often used for that, sorry, Josh.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say the the experience I have with it is a couple of farms that I worked on, one in South Georgia um, and one in southern Japan. Both of them used these kind of, they would refer to the practice as like a grassy pathway, but it was the spaces between beds or rice paddies were densely uh, seeded and planted. um, And I think they would overseed each year with um, white clover essentially so you have this mm-hmm. kind of nitrogen fixed area um, for the vegetable production that was using it the concept was that like made, made later on they might rotate where their beds and their pathways are or whatever and they were just keeping it in you know a, a ready state and a, a fertile state but also as bread said you know like having that pathway of that size and be nice and soft was pleasant to work in and be around you know it's like a nice soft cleaner product
0: that way sometimes like for mining crops that's Mm -hmm.
1: something we don't talk a lot about one of the functions of mulch and different mulches have all these kind of different mechanical properties but uh, one of the big functions of mulch to me is its ability to keep soil compaction to a minimum whatever that mulch is whether a living mulch or a coarse you know nugget mulch or you know some kind Mm. of coarse ground mulch uh that's one of the things that's important to me that's a function of mulch and and, you know alexis already alluded to it you know commercially we you know it's very common we say we use black mulch uh black plastic uh, mulch and we're talking about this production system where we use plastic and usually there's irrigation associated that we with that system under there. But, you know, there's all these reasons why we do that, because it's a big hassle. And that mulch, for the most part, once the production season is over, you have to take it up. And that's an incredible process, labor-intensive process, where you have to rip that plastic up at the end of the season and dispose of that. Hopefully you find a way to recycle that or you may get two seasons out of that, but uh, some of the reasons that we do that are what, you know, and it, that's a mulch. And I know this is not what homeowners may be accustomed to, but uh, it's near and dear to those of us in uh, commercial horticulture. Uh, mm-hmm. Conserves moisture, you, who mentioned like nutrient profiles because living mulches affect the nutrient profile, but so does covering the soil. As far as if you're in a sandy region, uh, when we work with some of our folks and down in the Southern U S like that, this mulch that covers beds, it's a big deal to them because it keeps nutrient wash to a minimum. Yeah. But what are yeah. some, what are some of the other benefits? I know you guys have worked with the, you know, this commercial production system before we get more into the homeowner side of things, but uh rain splash blot on tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big one. disease suppression. All of these are reasons why, you know, I get the question a lot in the county. Well, why do you guys go to this labor intensive, very environmentally, Intensive process. Well, all of these are reasons. What what else are we missing here commercially? Before we flip over to homeowners, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons. Definitely like
3: black plastic. But I mean, even with uh, organic mulches, um, mm-hmm. they increase the soil temperature, and that improves yields later on. I mean, I remember when yeah the when I was beds. in yeah. the commercial fruit and veg production class, they showed mm-hmm. like some of the graphs and metrics and yeah, how right. much that boosted kind of yield to wait, have wait, that bump
1: jump in some cases depending and maybe even more not Mm -hmm. only are you on a raised bed typically with a bed shaper this little implement that alexis sort of described that raises up the bed but then you cover that with a plastic that further enhances enhances that thermal profile but yeah Mm -hmm. that we consider a mulch because we're once again by josh's definition we're modifying the local growing environment so that's kind of what this is doing
0: all mulches are created equal as far as no, what no. Your, your goals are. So you said you were saying you know black plastic will increase soil temperatures in the spring, um, mm-hmm. which is you know, true. Any you know black obviously is going to absorb that heat, increase it. You can get those plants in earlier. Uh, in reverse, something like a hardwood mulch is going mm-hmm. to keep the soil cooler longer uh, in the springtime, but it also is going to keep it warmer longer in the fall. So it. Mm-hmm.
3: Kinda, Gives yeah it, it like mediates it yeah
0: and it mediates it exactly so you yeah have more consistent temperature throughout Water. the year uh which is going to be really important for a lot of our you know perennial crops um that mm-hmm. can be really sensitive especially with these crazy fluctuations that we've yeah. been having yeah um you know so i'm everywhere I, but definitely in kentucky
2: mm-hmm. I, I think I, i'll just in case you tuned into this episode and you're like i thought you all were going to talk about mulch what have you all been talking about all of these are techniques that are used in like commercial horticulture operations for the most part that we've mentioned so far mm-hmm. um so like if this is something that's foreign to you that's cool i mean you, you're learning something new but the and the the black plastic component the traditional black plastic or uh, conventional black plastic what do you want to call it is used it's like a disposable product, so mm. it's like a one-time mm-hmm. use. You might be able to get two cropping cycles very out thin. of it. There are people mm. who can, you know, grow early beans and then put something else, your uh, early uh, uh, pumpkins or something, and then come behind it afterward and, and do that. But it is a, it's a very thin, stretchy, disposable thing that you have to get out of the ground. Typically, there's a line of irrigation tubing run underneath it. Uh, if you're doing irrigation, which allows you to put fertilizer right at the roots of the plants. But just in case that was a little bit of a disorienting uh, shock to people who saw oh, I was thinking of those bags mulch. that they sell at the, at the yeah. home center. The yeah. scoop that they gas put in the back station. of my pickup truck. At I the gas, gas station, station, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere has mulch now. Yeah. It seems. So <laughs> that's just a little bit of a, of a, an orientation. And I think, yeah, Ray, The as far as the commercial applications of the mulch, it, it creates this little like amazing mm-hmm. environment for this root system to grow yeah. Yeah. where you can mm-hmm. control the the amount of water that's getting in there you can control Fertilizer. the fertility mm-hmm. it has it, you've typically raised the bed up so it's nice and loose for those annual roots mm-hmm. to, the roots of those annuals to get in there and kind of find a, a nice footing for growth um there's it a helps lot reduce crusting
1: that's a big it. deal i mean that's mm-hmm. uh soil crusting to allow kind of the water infiltration along with.
3: And did, would we mention like weed suppression? Because that, you know, it's like a huge one, labor yeah. cost. Yeah. Well,
1: there are some similarities between our, our commercial uses of mulch and uh, homeowners because many of the things that we're saying that Brett just kind of summarized can also apply on the homeowner side of things, but it gets mm. interesting for homeowners because I don't know about you guys. Alexis mentioned that, uh, yeah, gas stations or box stores, there's mulch coming at you from multiple different, uh, locations usually in every community it's like you can buy it in bag or you know you may have a local supply center that will do it by the scoop sometimes you'll get a better deal with that but uh guys is all of that material i mean it's carbon material to me a lot of that's mm-hmm. woody fibers in some cases we may talk a little bit about rocks but um you yeah. Does anybody have a favorite mulch or application? I know, Brett, you have some mulch in the backyard, but um, what about all of these sources, bag mulch or whatever? Is it all created equal or are there differences?
2: Well, one big contrast with these organic mulches versus the mm-hmm. black plastic is that the black mm-hmm. plastic, according to at least my sensibilities, is ugly it looks bad. <laughs> yeah it's definitely
1: aesthetics is not a strong point of that because no. that's definitely designed for a mechanized process and people say well why do they go to the price well it's on acres and acres and it can be done quickly and efficiently
2: yeah um
1: right. to produce crops so that's a different that's a different uh goal than a homeowner that wants things to be a little bit more pleasing to the eye
2: yeah, right. but within within the within the the more um, landscaping side of things, within mm. the uh, it might be homeowners, it might be businesses, it might be parks, it might be there's different different types of barks, uh, different uh, or different types yeah. of bark based uh, mm. mulches. I I personally have used hardwood mulches, like Alexis mentioned. Oh yeah, I've used some. big... That seems to be
1: the most common. The most common is like the double ground hardwood that yep. and even now i see that i've noticed during the past several years now there's all these fun colors that they actually add colors to that mulch, oh yeah which yeah. you talk to people and it's really polarizing they either want the dark hardwood ground double ground mulch or whatever or they some people don't they, they like the fun colors yeah yeah, but oh,
3: yeah. Of some there. of the some of the ones that are dark are also kind of dyed like a like you know kind of pushed yes. towards that black to give yes. that impression of like they are enhanced. you know real a real uh fertile soil, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I would, I use some, I had, um, what did I have last? I went through three types of mulch. I went through uh pine bark nuggets and, and loved those, but I, my front lawn is small, but it has, it has got a little bit of water that runs there. I learned very quickly that pine bark nuggets, I love them. They last a long time. They're coarse, love them but they float and they wash. <laughs> right, but, right. So yeah, that was very frustrating. That was my favorite type are just pine bark nuggets. I love them. So then I went to Cypress, which specifically has this e- interesting quality of it's no float. It'll stay put. It locks fairly well together. But Josh just nailed it. I looked at this beautiful dark brown mulch <laughs> and it had color added to it, it said season long color, so now I'm on that. So in my front lawn area I have went through three versions of mulch. They're all wood-based mulch or bark-based mulch, but they each, all three of them, had completely different qualities. The cypress, from what I've seen, it typically I don't see a lot of colorant added to cypress mulch, and it does have that cool feature of it doesn't float with water nearly as bad as like the pine bark nuggets. But it's the color, man, that got me on the uh, hardwood mulch.
2: So Uh, I—that's what I'm using now. I actually use specifically, so I, I have uh, the colors of mulch are used as like a feature in the landscaping design that I uh, mm. my wife and I did this past year. And I specifically use cypress mulch in shady areas to brighten love it, it up. Oh, love it. And to give it. a yeah. sense of breadth and, and width mm-hmm. to the what's a really small yard. Um, yeah. the, but for that exact reason. that Did like, you do like the
1: texture of it as well? I mean, it's a yeah, little bit different it, texture.
2: It kind of... it. it, it, kinda, it from a distance, it gives a little bit of uh, pine needle-ish, mm-hmm. like elongation and stringiness.
1: It's kind it was, of pointy.
2: Yeah, the color, the color yeah. of it in particular, I really liked, and it, it's a nice way to differentiate two spaces because mm-hmm. I was trying oh, to kind yeah. of do like a woodland covered, shady area, and then a little bit of uh, valley slash mountain. Did you guys play
1: with any pine straw or anything, Brett? Just curious if any of you guys played with any pine straw. I see that a lot down south in southern landscapes. I I have
2: not thus far, but I am very intrigued, Mm -hmm. too.
1: You said the forest theme, and I was like, oh, pine straw is
2: coming. Yeah. It's coming. I love pine
0: straw on anything that likes an acidic soil. So your rhododendrons, azaleas, blueberries, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they'll break down and help to keep that – soil a little bit more
1: acidic I like, and they're kind of nice and loose and the texture is such that i don't have a matting problem some of the 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 twice ground hardwood mulches you have to be careful especially if you go over four inches because you can have this kind of watershed sort mm-hmm. of scenario set up sure. and that's a I real issue yeah hydrophobic is the word of the day folks but yeah the, i love pine straw alexis for that very reason because i've never had that issue and uh, i can put it a, a and put that down a little, a little heavier. I wouldn't want to because it's an expensive product here in Kentucky, mm-hmm. but it's a great
2: product. Yeah, is hydrophobic? Yeah. You I mean, you're afraid of fire hydrants. Yes. Oh, yes, it'll so keep
3: the fire hydrants. Because yeah.
1: fire hydrants have water in them, and we if your house is yeah. burning
0: down, they don't yeah. care. They won't come anywhere
3: close. They're yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it means they won't wet if you spray water on them. It just beads and sheets off, kind of like when you wax your car, and you know the mm. water doesn't uh, doesn't sheet or it just beads and leaves. It won't Biloxon soak in
2: anymore. Off.
1: Right. And pine nuggets—that's what makes them last so long. They have natural compounds in them that are water repellent, so they really don't get wet per se. Some mm. of the ones will appear to get more wet that are twice ground nugget that are not the nuggets, but they're still pine bark, but they're double ground. Uh,
2: yeah. but yeah,
1: they don't break down as fast because of those chemical compounds in there because they don't really get wet. They're pretty interesting, yeah. but they do float folks. So just mm. keep in mind, my favorite mulch floats away every time <laughs> into the street. And I can just imagine some thrifty neighbor down there gathering up my beautiful pine nuggets. <laughs> don't don't yeah. try
2: to mulch your swimming pool. Not don't heart. do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't try to make a float out of cypress mulch because it'll probably sink. Because it says specifically on the bags, if that's how you're purchasing it, no float.
2: So yeah, if you're streaming they all down on an don't island, float down here. you're gonna make make a boat to try to do like a, a what was that movie with Tom Hanks?
0: Castaway.
3: Uh, Castaway. Yes.
2: Good. What don't wilson cypress
1: yes don't do that or palms you know which are not trees i guess but i digress so mulches yeah they're not all created the same right yeah Yeah,
3: i'd have to say i'm a fan of kind of the the aged and partially composted mulches the ones that i you you can pick out by the smell you know like they've got that kind of like uh like just a slight hint of like Mm. ammonia or nitrogen in the air um yeah, they're. I mean, they tend to be darker and kind of hold yeah, moisture naturally better. Naturally darker,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that that's interesting. I see. I have a couple of folks that I work with, and they have limited amounts of it, but it's actually composted material, mm-hmm. which is a super premium material, and it has the you know has the benefit. It's well composted, been through the complete heating. Cycle and is well broken down. It's a stable product, has minimal nutrients in there, but it does have minor amount of nutrients, but it's super stable and it builds the soil in other ways. So not only is it a mulch but then it incorporates very easily into the soil as a wonderful amendment later yeah. on. So like love A
3: nice that. little a conditioner point. and like a slow yeah. release. Yeah.
1: It's more of a yeah. conditioner. I like that. I like, I like that thought for that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The folks that I, the place we get some mulch from here in town has a 50, 50 blend of hardwood and compost, actual stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow and i use like to use that when i when i'm putting in a new bed that has not Mm -hmm. been mulched before Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. i typically will uh, of course working off soil tests and seeing how things are going and all that kind of fun stuff but uh, i'll typically then top it off with um with just like a hardwood mulch or or whatever i'm using in that space afterward but it is a really good way to transition from not flower bed or not whatever ornamental bed to something else yeah, yeah that, like, start, that sounds
1: like a great product i mean yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, i was not aware of nice. that
2: um and it smells yeah. i love actually love the smell some people hate yeah smell, yeah i love it's it it's killer <laughs> I, I
1: do love the smell of compost or just the hardwood mulch is my oh, favorite because man. my dad you know worked a lot in a sawmill and that that brings back memories love yeah. it yeah it. Before, uh, before we go
2: any deeper yeah. on the organic stuff right you you had mentioned that or we had kind of been talking about the zeroscaping, stone, lava mm. rock stuff, and you had just come across some folks in Cal- or Colorado that had talked a little mm. bit about it, right? Is that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, that's another common, um, you, I guess you could really classify it as organic or inorganic. Uh, some people argue over that, but rocks, uh, that's common landscape material. And um, folks um, noticed in um, colder climates that have longer, harsher winters, have a different take on uh, on rock-based mulches. You know, here in Kentucky, you know, we do have summers that are hot and we have winters that vary. And a lot of times we have to be careful with using stone because it can affect the temperature of soils. And that has all sorts of impacts on the soil health and, you know, the drying effects of, you know, rock. But what the folks in colorado and other states that you know have these long harsh winters were saying is that they enjoyed using rocks in landscapes because thermally it kept the soil a little uh, a little warmer into the winter <clears throat> and kept microbes more active for longer and they were approaching it from a soil health standpoint they liked rocks They said it worked well for their cold climates. I'd never once considered that. I mean, rocks can, and they even had the size down. They said, well, they recommended, you know, half an inch or so rock or smaller because they like the physical properties of that. And them saying that, you know, there's probably some kind of permeable underlayment that was involved with rocks because they're expensive and they tend to sink into the soil. So Mm -hmm. most of them were recommending uh, in that system of using rocks, using an underlayment. But yeah, they enjoyed that property of the soil heating, the heating up the soil. Um, mm. they, they they actually took the benefits of that and applied it into the winter. So a little bit different. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting because uh, I've noticed uh, here in Kentucky, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily want the soil to be even warmer in June or July (laughs) in Kentucky. We may not necessarily want that. So yeah, different parts of the country, uh, take a different approach, especially when it's a research based, based approach. Pretty, pretty interesting, um, on the rock. So there's all sorts of mulch.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of different mulches, lots of different reasons. So we've got, you know, weed suppression, we've got, um, you know affecting the soil temperature whether you want it warmer colder mm-hmm. more sustained whatever um it is you can use it as a soil conditioner um you know you can I think moisture retention already, it's moisture yeah. retention um looks so- good yeah, it looks good. I'm just saying. It's I don't good. know. It looks now, good. Smells good.
3: Tastes organic, good.
0: <laughs> what about the organic mulch
3: of
1: newspapers? I want to hear you guys. I can't believe we've not talked about newspapers. I get that all the time, but yeah, you yeah, said look good. So what about newspapers? So How do you guys I've, deal with the aesthetics of newspapers? That's a common mulch with home gardeners. So I use, I find.
0: I've used cardboard underneath mm-hmm. for weed oh, yeah. mm-hmm. suppression. Um, mm-hmm. I've used newspaper too, and then yeah, have you? Um, putting, do you
1: weight that down with something i mean how do you keep it from like going away
0: yeah and blowing away putting, um, a, a thinner layer of hardwood mulch or a okay, compost yeah. if you wanted gotcha. to do more of a mm. um, no-till type situation you're mm-hmm. essentially creating that but you know sometimes mul- i mean we know mulch can be expensive especially you know the or yeah. mulch that you use can be expensive uh and so but you need the weed suppression. So it has to be, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple inches thick. Well, putting something like newspaper or cardboard down underneath can kind of help to mediate that, um, you know, instead of three or four inches, you can get away with two to three inches type thing, which in a Mm -hmm. large spacing can make the difference. Um, Huge
2: difference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the, the exponential increase in the amount of mulch over that area, just adding like a half inch is, and yeah. And the work too. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm
1: Um, How about, uh, what uh, were you going to say did, something you gonna say some of those? I was going to ask about grass clippings next. I mean, i want to know experiences with that. But yeah, more on newspapers?
0: Yeah, no, I was going to, I was I was just kind of hitting all, like going back over all of the yeah. things that we've talked about and summarizing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. as a whole. Because I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about mulch mm-hmm. that I think yeah. that it's important that we kind of do a little hit on it because, and you know, Ray. Mulch you know,
1: myths we, or something, mulch, yeah.
0: Mulch myths. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of questions <laughs> on that So we recommend yeah. mulch all the time, right? Your trees, your shrubs, your, if I can get mm-hmm. you to put mulch down in some form or fashion, whether it's plastic or hardwood or whatever, mm-hmm. just know I'm going to convince you to put or try and convince you straw, something like that. Try and convince you to mulch your plants, um, because of the disease. Oh, we forgot disease resistance. You mentioned a little mm-hmm. bit earlier, you yeah. know, we have a lot of fungal and bacterial infections for our vegetable gardens and, you know, well, all kinds of stuff that uh, overwinters in the soil. And so it gets onto those leaves to be a soil splash. So if you're putting a mulch layer on top of the soil, you don't get soil splash. Therefore, you don't get infection. Um, on your plant yeah. so something just that simple straw straw mulch in your garden mm-hmm. i love
1: using straw for that reason oh, just to limit uh limit rain splash yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. straw mm-hmm. is the most aesthetically pleasing to me but it's kind of out there a little bit you know dried straw
1: yeah you know it's and it's something uh, about these carbon-based mulches these organic mulches we're talking about and I, I do love straw it's one of my favorites but you know it breaks down more rapidly than let's say wood chips that you may have gotten mm-hmm. free the larger wood chips uh, and there's uh, and you may touch on it uh under mulch myths i think a little bit later on you know we hear a lot about the the nitrogen cycle and how that can possibly affect that uh but i'd love to hear more about that under mulch myths uh when we get to that point but uh they all have this potential depending on how you use mulches that are carbon based uh so there's a little bit of a mm-hmm. um, Cautionary tale in there on how you
0: incorporate those.
2: Do what's that? There's There's a right and
0: wrong way.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah.
2: You say that it it makes me like we have detected carbon-based soil (laughs) farms. Yes, (laughs) said in your
1: best, like Marvin the Martian. uh,
2: Marvin the Martian.
1: Ooh, yeah, there you you go, nailed it. Sorry. Let's talk about. Alex is like back on (laughs) task, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, guys.
0: That's enough enough. out of you. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about mulch myths because I think... Josh, you got a myth over there?
3: Yeah, one we've already kind of touched on. I mean, so, and this is one that would be difficult for me to swallow until I accept that it's true, is that if some mulch is good, more is better. That is a myth. There's such thing as too much mulch in terms of thickness. uh, The recommendation... Yeah, the recommendation is, uh, you know, a depth of three inches is sufficient and really what you need. Now, if it's finely ground, that should be something more like two inches is Mm -hmm. the recommendation. So you don't need to lay a foot of mulch. Like grass clippings, you don't want to even
1: put an inch of grass clippings on there.
3: Yeah,
1: Some mulches, the finer it is, what am I hearing, Josh? The finer it is, typically... The, the less you need.
2: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, Got you. Got The less thickness. Why is that? I, like, why why is it that mul- mul- compression and uh
1: the that watershed is what Oh,
3: yeah, and too much like is basically it it keeps oxygen and water from getting to the plant roots. It mats
1: um, down a lot easier. Yeah. And then
3: easier. then you get roots that are kind of trying to grow into the mulch which is not what they not where they mm-hmm. need to be growing. Yeah. And and something we kind of touched on with the volcanoes That, um, you know, creating a volcano, piling mulch against a trunk is not a good idea because it will keep the trunk moist, which makes Mm. it more susceptible to decay. Or you've got animals that see that as a food source. Voles
1: are just such a huge problem in orchards. And that's just the death bell. in an orchard, if you have any kind of organic product up next to the young trees, is voles, which are different than moles. They get up there mm-hmm. and they were just wring the the bark off the tree and that tree is just dead, especially young trees. So right. and they love and they use that as the mulch as a place to hide. They get under right. there, they hide from predators. So right. yeah, that's a good point. That's
3: why have yeah, mulch. Right. Yeah. The recommendation is four inches from the trunk. Yeah, it's gotcha. where you don't have mulch.
2: What about Alexis? Alexis you got any myths over there? Yeah, I
0: want to go back to what Ray was talking about with the um, you know, nitrogen, nitrogen stealing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I usually actually see this in reverse to kind of what Ray was saying. Uh, so I will have people who will come in. They bring me a tomato sample. Uh, tomatoes are a classic or corn, uh, tomato or corn in a home garden.
2: Like a plant uh, sample or like a fruit sample? A plant. A plant.
3: Typically it's a plant <laughs> They just bring sample. her a whole tomato. She takes a bite. Well, too much mulch. Too much. I, yes. I, have,
2: too much. I have two Seven
0: enormous inches. tomato plants, roots and all, sitting in my office right now. So like, you know, it could be anything. But they'll bring me in, piece of the plant. They'll send me pictures, something like that. And their tomatoes are very yellow um, or their corn are very yellow. And the reason I say tomatoes and corn the uh, plant, are The plant
2: leaves are yellow
0: plant leaves are exactly. very yellow yeah, okay. so the reason i bring them up is because they are one of the higher nitrogen feeders in a mm. traditional home garden so they're going to show signs of nitrogen deficiency aka chlorosis, chlorosis. Uh, which is the yellow, love that yellow word. leaves chlorosis
2: mm-hmm. um, chlorosis explains it all sounds <laughs> like your <household> nemesis <laughs> that was chlorosis
0: um, it was
1: all her fault
0: so that show.
2: you're gonna see it she stole my nitrogen
0: first um And I I tend to, you know, I say first, did you get a soil test? And usually the answer is no. No. (laughs) Um, And then I ask them, you know, have they been fertilizing? Usually the answer is yes, because they're like, why isn't my plant, you know, producing tomatoes or corn? And they're super yellow. What's going on? Um, And then, you know. Uh, you know, we'll do a site visit, or I figure out uh, that there's a lot of mulch uh, around the area. Mm. And now mulch, like we've talked about, is great. We want mul- mulch on the surface of our uh, soil, right? The surface mm. is great. Uh, nitrogen does not move up uh, against gravity into said mulch. Uh, <laughs> what I have found is that a lot of time those people are tilling in their mulch from year to year. Mm they Mm. maybe have had access to sawdust because you know they do a lot of woodworking or um you know some some sort of hardwood mulch which is heavily carbon based and Mm they're tilling that in because they're like it's an organic material i can till it in well yes that is true and yes over time that will break down and condition your soil in order to get it broken down microbes have to use a lot of nitrogen to break down that carbon which then becomes nitrogen in the future. Uh, and so what those microbes will do was will steal the available nitrogen you're trying to give to your plants to then break down those heavy carbon wood-based mulches. And so, um, you know, I always tell people if you want, or if you've accidentally done that already, uh, and you're like, oh crap, uh, that explains so much. <laughs> Clarissa explains it all. Um, <laughs> that, you will have to essentially overfer, over fertilize with some nitrogen usually is what mm-hmm. that means. And so, um, you know, temporarily. Get, get that soil test temporarily, right. yeah. usually just for a year, just for a season. And then uh, you can go back to doing kind of what your soil sample said. So that's this is kind, kind of, of a similar
2: one. thing with incorporating cover crops into your mm-hmm. soil can cause if, um, if the crop if they have a woodiness to them
0: yes if, yeah, they the have like
1: a sort if they're of over mature or high or carbon or content
0: yeah mature, yeah so if you're incorporating buckwheat buckwheat's you know very fleshy vegetative. and um mm. vegetative juicy fine i won't say fleshy on the fleshy it <laughs> <laughs> just did too late um twice uh, well, and, and an interesting. Then, yes <laughs> it, it breaks down very quickly on
2: yeah. that on that carbon nitrogen thing an interesting parallel if that, you know in case folks aren't aren't familiar with that If you ever have had a compost pile or learned about Mm -hmm. composting and they talk about having the right balance of brown materials and green materials Mm -hmm. in this scenario in the soil your brown materials are your carbon the green Mm -hmm. materials tend to be your nitrogen and so if you have more too much of one or too much of the other it can get either stinky or it won't go anywhere it'll get real dry or whatever Um, It's a similar thing. And so when you till stuff in like that, you're essentially creating a little similar reaction to the compost pile where these things are interacting. And the problem is it's taking that green material, that nitrogen out and Mm -hmm. not making it available to plants. Mm -hmm. A little parallel for... For those right
1: in yeah. the long run, it's great, it's yeah. gonna just, right. like, just right. like Brett said earlier. But the coarser it is, the I mean, like, there's a big difference between like free wood chips that you get from local chipping operations, there's a big difference between that and sawdust. Both could potentially cause problems if you incorporate them into the soil, but it's going to take those wood chips a lot longer because they're larger and the microbes have less surface area to work on. So Mm. just keep that in mind. If you incorporate wood chips into soil, my goodness, you could have issues for more than one growing season, probably two to three growing seasons sawdust. It depends on the amount, but yeah, it all depends on the, um, the size of particles that the microbes can break down. But you know,
2: but as long as clear, you, don't you don't incorporate it are you, you're saying you don't have that same worry if you're spreading them on the soil surface no is that what Correct. you were saying alexis yeah.
1: if they go on the surface they have minimal impact
3: yeah that's yeah. the that's the, that's the take-home message is don't yes. incorporate them into the don't soil leave them on the great top summary. Uh, great yeah. summary if yeah, if you
1: yeah don't do that
0: back in that area then just rake back where you want to yes absolutely the mulch and then put it back um, once you
1: that's another yeah go ahead what
0: right. about termites who Gets termite questions. I can't mulch around my house, around my trees, because they're going to get me some termites. Is
3: the termites are not, <laughs> yeah, it's one of them East Texas people that lives in Boyle <laughs> County. Um, now, uh, t- termites are not attracted to mulch, especially things like pine bark and cypress. that are the least attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, termites are much prefer better quality wood, like stuff, construction materials. They will eat, you might find them on. Uh, mulch if they are already present, <laughs> mm. but they aren't going to be attracted to your to your house by mulch.
1: And, and that's another good heat. reason to not like pile mulch up beyond three to four inches, because <laughs> uh, more than anything, termites to me is about moisture. And they follow the moisture more than anything, so you have to be careful. And so
2: the the, um, the mulch could keep your house framing wet, which is then going to attract, the. Right. that will attract termites. Yeah. That's
1: and, and that's something we don't stuff. think about a lot, is it's more of a moisture thing than it is a food source thing. Like Josh yeah. said, it's not, because if you think of a termite, they're looking for, you know, monolithic blocks of, you know, food. That's their natural yeah.
3: Way so that they eating. can dig their nice little galleries yeah, into and
1: mulch yeah. has got all these exposed areas where their bodies dry out very quickly if it's a loose mulch mm-hmm. at the proper depth it's uh, those thicker types of mulch you have to watch and even then um, it's more related to more moisture than it is a food source so just keep that in mind for
2: what that's worth yeah you got any other myths for us
3: uh I think we might have, oh, uh, you have well done. you
0: fresh mulch every year no you don't (laughs) no you do
2: not
3: (laughs) as someone who said to mulch every year in certain places you do not need to do that
2: (laughs) how often what's what's the what's the deal what's the
3: depends on the mulch Uh, yeah uh, basically you're checking it to see if it's completely broken down and you know is that you're checking the depth of the mulch and
2: maybe bringing it back up to me, it's one of the yeah. things that sucks about having like really good m- microbially active soil is that you have to mulch more often. <laughs> yes, like the first yeah. round of mulch that I put on an area mm. that's like clay and gross, it lasts a long time, but then it's like after a <laughs> couple years of like yeah. giving it what it yeah, needs, you've got like, microbes uh, working
3: on. Yeah, it. it's like I'm hungry, give me more yeah. mulch. <laughs>
2: right. if you're
0: mulching with a compost blend, like or a, or a halfway composted wood mulch, which is what yeah. I use. Um, mm-hmm. then. You know, they obviously that. that's going to degrade faster. So, yes, you may be adding. It's possible that you could be adding to it every year depending on where it's located and what it's made of. But most likely, I usually tell people every two years and and only if it looks bad, you know, and then yeah, you need to
2: just like with like p- pesticide application mm-hmm. or with fertilization or whatever you need to be acting on actual feedback and actual information yeah. not just right. Thera- this, I mean, therapeutic
3: therapy. mulching yeah, not so therapeutic
1: <laughs> and that's right. if you want to look fresh <laughs> you can rake it and fluff it up and there as it is actually mulch colorant that you can get if you wanted to have that nice dark color to spray over the top of refluffed mulch mm-hmm. so that's two things you can do you can refluff like a hardwood mulch and then you can spray fresh colorant over the top water based colorant safe you know it's designed for that purpose so you can do those two things and that keeps you hopefully from stacking mulch on top of mulch and getting to that six to eight inch layer of mulch that causes problems. So between those two things, refluffing that'll make something like a cypress look nice and fresh and it will hardwood as well. But if you want the color, then you can add that. So those two things will maybe help you out and help you resist that urge of just kind of stacking mulch.
2: And if you 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 really, really have
1: to jump in and do it, you can remove the old mulch. If it is rot-resistant mulch like I've ran into cedar mulch, it just doesn't break down. It's rare, but I've ran into mulch sources like that. You can remove it from your bed and then put more mulch in there. It takes an extra bit of effort because you're removing and then putting fresh mulch in. So
2: yeah, I think something too like if if you've if your experience with mulch is mostly just getting bags from the home center or whatever, which I've done plenty of that myself. If you're gonna do a big mulching project, look into having some delivered. Even if, like mm-hmm. if if you have a truck, obviously go and get some scoops in the back. But if you don't, we we had not had a truck for a long time. You can look into having it delivered and just price it out. They're, it's not a scary mm-hmm. thing. They do it to home for homeowners all the time. But it can often often be less expensive. There's mm-hmm. le- way there's zero total uh, bags, you know, plastic bags that are involved mm-hmm. in that process. It can be easier to just shovel it. Sometimes carrying the bags is a lot easier, but um, but it's just something I would say is if you haven't looked into that before because it was you know you thought it was beyond. They'll deliver even small amounts. Often landscape companies will. um, And
1: uh, piggybacking onto that concept, if you're going to do that, a common question we get is, well, how much? uh, How do I know how much mulch I need? There are all kinds of good calculators and apps out there. There's online web-based calculators and apps that you just put in your area, roughly length by width. And how deep mm-hmm. you want the mulch in the material. And it will calculate how many cubic square feet or whatever. However you're buying it by the yard or by the square foot. Um, mm-hmm. the, whichever volume. It's very easy to calculate that. So look up an app or get on a website. Do a basic search. And those tools all use the same numbers in general. So And they're, they're, they're all very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's easy to calculate I, to how much mulch you need.
0: I saw this really cool thing um, on uh, a social media platform. Uh, I say it that way because Josh is judging me as we speak. Um, I hadn't
3: even like I wasn't even paying attention. Whatever. He rolled his, That's
0: okay, right. you know, he his he eyes. I'm sorry. He rolled his eyes. This ass. was like one of those things where you're just like, Have I been just in the dark and dumb my whole life? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you do have a truck or a trailer, if if you are the person going to get the mulch and you're getting it scooped into your truck trailer, whatever, um, people you take like totes, like big like plastic totes or like five gallon buckets, anything that would hold mulch
3: mm-hmm.
2: in it. That's yeah, the yeah. Sides, yeah.
0: And you stack those in your, like the bed of your truck right, side like a, by side. Like a honeycomb and pattern. Like a
2: honeycomb, yeah, yeah, that's slick. Just, you
0: just push everything together and then they dump the mulch into the back of the truck mm-hmm. into those containers. Mm. And then you can just carry that container like Brett was saying, like it's sometimes easier to carry the bag. Um, you just carry that container to wherever you know you need it, and right, then you right. just have like, minimal you know, sweeping out of the back of the truck or the trailer. And I was like, how have I been so close? <laughs> right, right. Where has this post
3: been all my life? Where,
0: <laughs> has this, where has this been? Who has been gatekeeping this idea yeah, yeah. my entire existence? I worked, I don't know how many mulch jobs I have done in my lifetime and my career as horticulturist, but I can tell you that that would have changed the game
3: that I know. <laughs> definitely uh, some okay. of my first memories of landscaping was my mother having you know multiple cubic yards of mulch delivered to the front of the house and Yep, loading up a wheelbarrow, taking it back. It, and that was just the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, if out,
2: you want to feel. Would have, they would have dumped yeah. it in the back, but you specifically requested <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. the front. He, he needs, needs something is, to, do. Needs to
1: <laughs> the, the real feeling of power is when, you know, if you've ever messed around commercial landscaping much, we used to have this big mulch blower. Oh. And mm-hmm. that's a feeling of power where it's like a big 10, 12 inch kind of. It looks like a reverse vacuum and it just blows like this something. hardwood. Yeah. yeah. You can put down a quarter acre of mulch and two people can in I don't know two hours. That it's vacuum. insane. It just blows the mulch in very evenly. Yeah. yeah. Here's a little yeah. here's cool. a little
2: bonus factoid. In the bonsai world, we actually use a version of mulch. They call it top dressing. It's a very common application mm. of uh, a blend of local moss and sphagnum moss that will eventually grow into a small mat. Of, uh, mm-hmm. of mossy mulch on the top of the bonsai pot because it's such a shallow you know mm-hmm. right, dried out right. environment it helps to keep it a little bit uh, cool and, and moist so. probably
1: looks really cool too does it it looks, looks really extremely nice extremely cool yeah <laughs> I, I think i know what you're talking about and it yeah. does look really cool it does yeah when very they natural actual,
2: like so for competitions they'll actually put little chunks of real like of moss like onto the surface uh and like mm-hmm. stitched together into this like mossy mat that looks very it looks very hobbit like mm-hmm. a, sense. a bonsai competition you,
3: competition you say yeah. yes i <laughs> do <competition>. <laughs>
2: Nothing chills what? me out like competing at <laughs> the highest level. It's like, yeah, competing at
3: the highest international level. <laughs> and
1: you guys thought the world of mulch in this discussion was going to be
3: boring. No, sure. says
1: I. No. no way. It's the height yes,
3: of sophistication can. and culture. It is.
0: Honestly, honest, I don't understand dyed mulch. You dyed mulch people. I think you're on a whole different plane than, than the rest of us. But, um, you know, to each Yeah, it's seven. weird to me. I
1: don't, uh, don't we're God in the wool. <laughs>
3: there, there it is. <laughs>
0: I don't get it. Uh, and the, it feels like I don't, you can tell a lot about a person by the color of their mulch. I'm just gonna say it. Right. I feel like we could have a whole mm-hmm. whole thing
2: uh, shots fired the across the mulch the mouth of the. Well, I <laughs> use three <laughs> different I tops in one expression.
1: bed, so there you go. I'm poly <laughs> Yeah, Neapolitan. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah so right
1: One of those words. Yeah.
0: Mulch and, um, mm-hmm. but anyways. So we mulch is a good thing as long as you do it correctly, um, and usually correctly just essentially means leave it on the top of the soil and mm-hmm. uh it's frosting you know it's mm-hmm. frosting yeah just mm-hmm. leave it right and you can eat it and don't, <laughs> don't we are not telling. don't
2: eat you it if you sweet. injected frosting into the cake that would be also awesome so maybe it's
1: not the- <laughs> maybe it's not the same yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. maybe it's yeah. Awesome. different
2: it's right like i mean i can't it. be like
1: Twinkies have there's layers, there's layers frosting.
2: of frosting between the layers of
0: what mm. if it's like a frosted cookie because you can't inject oh, it into the middle of a cookie
2: that's true I, it, okay. sprinkles. So it sprinkles it sprinkles regardless keep your mulch, keep your mulch on the soil surface and you won't have that do whatever you want with your
3: cookies surface. and cakes but leave the mulch on the
0: top <laughs> <laughs> and uh don't go over three inches mm-hmm. and if if you want to know more about mulch contact your local county extension office if you are in kentucky you have a county extension office if you are outside of kentucky you still have an extension office it just might not be in your county and i am sorry for you uh, but, <laughs> uh, you do have a land-grant university you could talk to about this or you can email us at Wherever you are, please feel free to email us. We are here to help you and the extension world. You can email us at hortculturepodcast at l.uky.edu. That's in the show notes. For those of you who are like, I am driving my car and I am not. (laughs) It's hard to write while I'm changing
3: lanes. (laughs) I cannot do this
0: on the freeway. Uh, It will be in the show notes. You can also follow us and you can shoot us a message there or a comment uh, at hortculturepodcast on uh, instagram Instagram. thank you mm-hmm. uh, bah, bah, bah. on instagram uh, <laughs> we would love if you would leave us a review uh, that helps other people be able to find us uh, so we we hope that you are having a good experience and you will leave a good review <laughs> that would be ideal uh, so please do that <laughs> and uh, tell your friends share it around follow us wherever you want tell us about cool new things you want to hear about if you liked the whole the mulch podcast let Mm -hmm. us know uh and if you want to know more about i don't know living mulches if you something in this episode struck your fancy or made you think about something else you know if you want to know more about bonsai we can we can talk about it all right just let us know Mm kind of what you're into we're just kind of going off of all the cool things that we really like to talk about
2: and i I want to say it's every there's been a lot of people who have reached out and given and said that they enjoy this or they you know laughed at something or learned something or whatever And it really means a lot. We really appreciate the people who are listening and and letting us know and and, um, really glad because it's really fun. If you can't tell, we have a pretty good time doing this together. Uh, And so... Shout, shout out, out you so Lewis. much to everybody who's
0: shout out to Lewis who cool. uh, told me yesterday that he also puts his Japanese Beatles on uh, pikes. So uh, shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> a couple <laughs> of normal people those out, those out, those there. out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: well, uh, you're gonna
1: start yeah, a club and it's, really it's gonna be real one. weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is going uh, in a different direction than I was. <laughs> um, yeah. I just I we feel, uh, low feel low good, bobs. I feel less. And also. I will add, uh, we have talked about, uh, and uh, we haven't discussed it today or recently, but maybe sometime in the future we will talk more about as a, you know, hosting group of adding video. If anyone would want the, uh, you know, have any interest in seeing a video portion of this podcast being added on a platform such as YouTube, uh, please leave that feedback. Um, that's something that we, that's within the possibility of us doing, but we just need to know if that's something you as the listeners would be interested in. That way you could see all of the just wonderful of our gestures our and, and shenanigans and, yeah, that we, we, we do on pushed. our end. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a lot.
2: <laughs> the cat, so let us, know. The cat let us know. Our, it's one of our previous episodes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you you miss her, a lot.
1: You miss a lot when you Squee. don't see the videos.
0: Um, the cat's name was Squee. Uh, Squee. But. <laughs> squeeze all right well anyways we're going to wrap this up thank you all for being here with us today we hope that as we grow this podcast you will grow with us and uh join us next week we're going to be finishing up more about our cut flower month so thank you guys so much and uh, we'll talk soon